Hello and welcome back to the Working Mama podcast. Today I have a chat with Blake Woodward, a father who works part-time and is passionate about encouraging and enabling working parents to play an active role in their children's lives. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real-world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. My name is Karina O'Brien, a fellow working parent trying to manage the juggle. Each week, we'll be looking at all things related to working parents with special guests and solo episodes to help you navigate the world of having children and a career. It is an unprecedented time in our lives at the moment. We don't have control on the coronavirus, but as they say, out of a crisis comes opportunity. And I think flexible work and working from home are going to be the winners. I've written a blog on this, so be sure to check it out on the Working Mama website. Please, mamas, during this time, look after your mental and physical well-being and also those of around you. Best of luck to everyone, and I hope you all stay healthy. Now on to today's guest, Blake. Blake is a management consultant who has been working in the corporate sector for over a decade, specialising in change management, culture and workforce planning. Blake is also a dad of two, aged three and nine months. When he became a dad in 2016, Blake found a lack of information and support specific to dads who wanted to be involved fathers. This led him to create suittiestroller.com. Blake took nine months of leave during the first 14 months for his son and is currently doing the same with his daughter. He works part-time, four days a week. I had a great time chatting with Blake and although it is a normal and longer episode, I do encourage you to listen to the whole thing as Blake has so much great advice and some great takeaways for both mums and dads. So let's get the chat started. Hello and welcome Blake. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. G'day, Karina. How's your week going? On. Yeah, I know. Looking for, I'm really looking forward to this topic. Um, yeah, me too. So uh, there's a lot that we need to unpack on this topic, and but you as being a, a working father, um, so it's a different perspective on everything. So yeah, sure. why don't we start and, uh, and kick it off, and we'll start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So my name's Blake. I am a father of two. I've got an almost three-year-old, um, turns three in a couple of weeks' time, and a four-month-old at the moment. Uh, a little boy is the oldest and uh, a little girl, so one of each. Um, outside of that, I am a husband to Katie. We've been married for almost six years. Uh, also coming up at the end of the month is our anniversary, which will be great. Congratulations. Um, and, oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, and then I'm also a management consultant by trade, um, which is a, a funny, very open-ended sort of term. Um, for my part of, of what I do, I focus on the people side of um, helping businesses. So basically, you know, if there's a maybe a large scale change that's going on, I'll come in and do the, the change management um, or uh, perhaps a, like an organization restructure I'll come and look at the um, you know the org structures or the workforce planning of the future anything that kind of involves people that's what I do I've been doing that for a bit over 10 years now oh fantastic I and guess that's the, the full-time job and that's the, full-time <laughs> the, job. the main so focus yeah. during the week and what's on the side um, yes for for me becoming a dad for the first time a couple of years ago 
completely changed my world and opened my eyes up to um, you know what active parents actually go through on a you know, a daily basis. Um, and you know I saw what my wife was going through in terms of taking parental leave and all the support that she had online. Um, or at least it was certainly a lot more that than I had um, when I went to take parental leave. So my little side uh, passion project has been to start up a website called suittiestroller.com. And that has been uh, a website essentially to support other working dads, corporate dads uh, in taking parental leave and different ways to try and get more involved as an active parent. So there's the support side, but then also just to um, set up the argument of why we should actually invest more in uh, parental leave and flexible working policies for dads to help actually um, support dads in becoming more and more engaged in being parents uh, to mirror essentially what the, the policies are that are out there where they exist uh, that mums have as well. I think it's a uh, an amazing thing that you're doing and I think I'm really looking forward to speaking with you today to really unpack um, all of that um, that you've just spoken about and the and your passion project and that's really uh, the basis of what we're talking about today. So you said that uh, becoming a parent really changed you um, and changed your perception of everything. And how did what your perception change? And also what has been surprising you the most about becoming a dad and also still having a career? Sure. Um, there's a lot in that question. Yes. <laughs> so I'll start from the top and feel free to, uh, to pull me back on track if I get, <laughs> yeah. get uh, too, too excited about parts of that question. Um, so first of all, I guess, how has it changed me? Um, I think the whole experience of, you know, it's, it's a long process even to get to the point of, of having a kid. Um, and for something for the, the experience for dads, especially through like the actual pregnancy part, it can be really strange because, you know, intellectually, you know, something is going on, but it's not happening to you. And even in say the first three months or so, um, you know, my wife didn't really show all that much until, you know, it was well past the three month mark. Um, and you kind of go through all the highs and the excitement of the celebration of, Hey, we're going to be parents. I'm going to be a dad. And then life just continues on as normal for the dad. Uh, while things are changing, there were times where I was kind of even almost forgetting of, you know, that, that my wife was pregnant. I might, you know, go to pour a glass of wine and offer her one or something. I'd be, oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to, <laughs> to be yeah. rubbing in. Didn't mean to, you know, just, just completely absent-minded because, you know, I wasn't having that, um, you know, physical, daily, you know, minute by minute reminder, um, you know, that we were a parent. And it sounds really bad, but, yeah, it's it's kind of, um what that experience was like and so then by the time obviously things start to you know to to show properly and you get to the nine month mark obviously um yeah you're, you're there's a lot more going on um but there's still often that feeling of, of disconnect because you can't physically actually connect the way you know um the mum is, is connecting um so it can be kind of harder to to really kind of stay involved and and properly sympathize and empathize with what was going on but once the bub was born not long afterwards it wasn't instantaneous not long afterwards that's when you first kind of get that proper connection of, of you know as a dad and remember holding my son for the first time and it just felt so foreign i was expecting this immediate connection of you know suddenly you know just this unconditional love this this connection this bond 
but the first moment was almost like this freak out moment yeah. of who are you? Wow. Like what, what am I holding here? And, yeah. Who is um, this person? <laughs> yeah. And oh no, you're looking at me now for complete dependence to stay alive. What do I do next? And yes. you know, I made sure I went through all the, um, I went through all the appointments that I could get to, which was pretty much, you know, 99% of all the appointments. I went to all the birthing classes, um, yeah, so I was as active as I could be in the lead up to to having um, our first, or and for both of them actually. Um, but still, even the birthing classes really only prepare you to get through the birth, and then suddenly you're holding this this child, and it just kind of dawns on you that you know, as you're looking down at them, they're looking up at you. They are completely dependent, you know, just to stay alive on you, and you realise you have no idea what you're doing, or at least yeah, there's no guide. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it wasn't long before then, I guess, the instincts uh, really started to kick in. Um, and I remember once we, after a couple of days in hospital, the first afternoon that we, we got home, um, we packed up our little man, Samuel, into the, the stroller and, and we were living in Sydney at the time near the beach. And we walked down to the beach and I remember just being on hyperdrive as to you know, everything was a danger around me or a potential danger. And, you know, the cars passing on the street, I've, you know, never paid so close attention yeah. to, you know, the, the, the cars whizzing past and, yeah. and every person walking past us was a potential danger. And Yeah, you're doing constant risk assessment. Absolutely. And I'll, uh, as I said, I was just like on a hyperdrive. And that was the only time I've ever just had this feeling of if anything endangered my son, if anyone tried to endanger my son, I will kill them. I was like, well, wait, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a real shock to myself. Or here's this protectionist instinct that suddenly just came dwelling out of nowhere, which was a, a huge surprise. Um, and then I guess, yeah, can, continuing on from that, the, the part I realised that challenged me the most was the more I got involved, the more I found I was able and capable of being that primary carer or being really hands-on so and what i mean by that is that at the start um i did feel very helpless at times um as to how i could best support katie or how i could actually well i, I didn't understand what you know our, our kids our, um you know samuel's cries actually meant or what to do I felt very helpless and i kept asking katie all the time what do i do what do i do what do i do trying to get involved where i can and then there were times there where she just looked at me and go, well, I don't know, figure it out. <laughs> and, yes. you know, um, but, you know, I kind of expected because she was the mum that, that she would know, um, which wasn't always the case. No. But, yeah, as, as I, I continued to try and get involved, that's when I actually just started to learn to read what those signs were um, and to, you know, be better at actually helping out. And as the more I did that, the more I realised that there's actually nothing genetic about the ability to, to care or, you know, to be a primary carer for a baby. It's just all around, you know, the time in the role, as we would say in the office, um, around actually yeah, learning what it is that you need to do and just the practice of doing it. Um, if I can tell one more quick story. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, uh, so when, I, I, uh, when we had our, our son, Samuel, I actually took two months off to start and, um, that actually just was part of the policy we, where I work. We have equal parental leave for both mums and dads. That's fantastic. And so, yeah, it's, it's life-changing for us, you know, in becoming parents. So we had um, 18 weeks paid leave each that we could use. 
and um, for the dad, I was able to take three weeks up front and then any additional leave that I wanted to. Um, the three weeks fell right as our Christmas shutdown was about to start. So I had to take a few extra weeks off anyway. And you know, January is always a quiet time for consulting. So I just said, look, why don't I take December, January off and I'll, I'll see you, um, you know, after Australia Day when things start to pick back up again. And um, so during that time, I was as hands-on as I possibly could learned a lot about those those early stages and you know really formed an incredible connection with my son i went back to work for one week and during the 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 long commute in um you know hour hour and a half whatever it was each way depending on traffic and so i really wasn't seeing my son during the day at all and when i get home he was already fast asleep um and so for a week i, I hardly saw him during waking hours and then by the time it came to the weekend, um, he was upset about whatever it was. And you know, Katie said to me, hey, can you, can you pick him up and settle him? I said, yeah, sure, no worries. Picked him up in the, the normal hold that I've been holding him for the last two months, and he just wouldn't settle. Oh, no. And after a bit, I, I, I looked at Katie and went, what am I doing wrong? Like, what's, what's, what's going on? And she said, oh, yeah, he doesn't like that hold anymore. Try you know, twisting him slightly or you know, facing him out a little bit more. And then suddenly he settled. And it was just the shock for me of one week one of week. being out of the loop. One week, five days of being out of the out of the loop. Wow. And suddenly he'd already outgrown that previous hold that had been you know, the right one for the last two months. And then progressively from there on in, I found it harder and harder to to know what to do um, and to actually read his his signals or to have him respond to me because I wasn't around nearly as much. I was only around on the weekends, really, uh, for the proper caring time. And um, it wasn't until I actually took long-term parental leave later on, um, and I actually took seven months off at that point, when I was actually able to really um, form that connection again and have him respond to me. Um, and that's when I really kind of realised, yeah, it's, it's that timing role, that consistent time caring, um, where I was actually able to learn everything that, that Katie was doing and provide for all of his needs as Katie did, you know, everything other than the obvious breastfeed. Yeah. So that was probably my, my biggest learning um, yeah, throughout the whole, whole period. And that's, and that and that's such a good story as well that, um, and I think it's, it's even mothers, we don't know what we're doing at the start, but um, I know my husband as well felt pretty ho- helpless at the start. He had no idea what he was doing and looked to me, and we had the same experience where we had three weeks in America together uh, when my son was four months old. And in that three weeks, you could really see the bond uh, between my son and my husband really grow because he had that time and that quality time with yeah. him 24 seven. Yep, um, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just that comfort. I guess it's that confidence and that, you know, it's like, as they say, confidence is like a muscle you've got to keep using. I guess it's like with parenting skills, there's so much that's changing. And, and as you, you keep, the more you keep doing it, um, it, you obviously get better. And, and is it something that you've also seen as well with some dads, because early on they're like, look, I feel helpless. Look that they may sort of switch off and go, look, I can't do it. And then that then maybe then affect them later on. Yep. Absolutely. And I definitely went through some of those moments too. And, um, and even kind of went through that thought process of, Oh, you know, Samuel's only responding to mum. Therefore I need to give him to mum. Um, and I had plenty of, of friends, um, you know, go through that similar experience as well and say, oh, yeah, you know, my kid only responds to, you know, my partner, my wife, to their, to their mum. Um, but that for me is where I 
started looking at that as an indicator that I need to be more involved rather than less involved instead yeah. of uh, handing my child over that I like, I probably did a few times at FS, but then I realized when I'm handing them over, um, I'm actually using that opportunity to um, you know, form more of a connection and help them with the time to get even more to where I'm sure it's a, I'll take a few goes, you know, start, you know, form, um, but, yeah, after a few hard slugs, then they're responding and, you know, I start learning to respond to them as well so they're actually involved. Oh, that's fantastic. So tell us about um, the work that you've done then around your parental leave. And I know that's how, like, you took two months off and, you, and you've got, by the sounds of it, an amazing employer with 18 weeks. What were some of the perceptions that you actually experienced with people saying, oh, I'm gonna, you're going to take parental leave? Did you get the comments of, oh, you're going on a bit of a holiday and how are you going to fill your time? Because I know the perceptions between parents and, oh, sorry, between a mother and a father is different when they're going on parental leave. To the female, they're like, oh, geez, you're going to have your work cut out for you. To the father, I've heard the comment of, oh, you're going to have a bit of a holiday. Um, and we know that according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, that only one in 20 fathers take parental leave. So were you able to talk us through the process about what you've gone through to make a, the decision to take parental leave, what the decision's been like, how it went with your relationship as well. Um, and has it been different from what you expected? So yes, a very, very heavy question. Um, but I think there's a lot there that uh, from your experiences, people would be really interested in hearing. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm familiar with that statistic as well. Um, it's, a, it's a great stat. Um, and what that's referring to is the long-term like primary carer type of leave. Um, it's not including the initial week or two that dads typically take, um, you know, when they, they have the time, uh, so when, when their baby is born. So, um, yeah, lots of dads you know, will take a week or two. Um, this is referring to taking a couple of months off or whatever it is to, to be at the actual primary carer. Typically say when, you know, the mom goes back to work or goes back to study or, or whatever the, the situation is. Um, so yeah, not very many of us. Um, and something which is probably also typically driven by policy that a lot of policies don't actually include dads um, as part of the parental leave. In fact, many of them actually say um, they define that primary carer is actually the mum and the mum only. And it completely excludes dads, you know, from, from taking that leave unless they want to take it without pay or, or whatever. So it's some of the policies are written having, just for mothers, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And somehow that doesn't qualify as discrimination in this country. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. Um, let's let's work on that one. <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> um, something I'd love to see changed in this lifetime for sure, if not sooner. Um, yeah. So anyway, for for me, I was fortunate that our policy did cover for dads as well, so I was able to take that that time. Um, and for me, it was something which, in one sense, was a no-brainer. As soon as I knew that we had equal parental leave. I was always going to take it and obviously I took it and then some as well. And there were a number of different reasons behind that. Um, one of the, the biggest ones was when my wife and I both sat down and looked at where our careers are up to. And, um, you know, we are both working professionals. We both actually, you know, work for the same firm, um, both in different areas of consulting. And um, she's actually 
you know, quite senior in, in her role, she was at a point in her career where she absolutely loved what she did um, and wanted, was getting very close to, you know, the next big milestone promotion to partner. Um, and it was something which she saw that if, if she did the traditional part of stepping away from, you know, uh, you know, from the business, you know, for a year or two, and then however long for you know, child number two, ends up you know having that that big long extensive time out she'll probably well her business case for that promotion will be completely redundant by the time she came back in and she might actually miss that window um you know for that promotion so that was something which um was a, a tough decision because she also loved being a mum but something that simply because i had access to that type of, of leave that i was actually able to support her in returning to work and um, you know, getting her career back on track as as quick as possible um, by being able to be at home and and care for our child before you know, he was old enough for daycare. So, yeah, I mean, there was the the part that I, I really wanted uh, to be involved. I really wanted that time. Um, I had access to the leave, and it was also about supporting my wife with um, helping her career stay on track, which ultimately had a better um, outcome for our whole family. Um, and even just like from a financial perspective, it made a lot more sense for both of us to have a lesser impact on our careers by each sharing the time out rather than one career taking the burden and the full hit by having the full time out of away from the workforce. That's really so I think I've only covered part of the, the question there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the, oh, sorry. Yeah. Even the, the fun part. Um, so when I did actually get to take the long-term parental leave, what was the reaction from friends and work and so on? Um, I definitely copped my fair share of the comments around, so what are you going to do with your time off? Um, there seemed to be, especially from, maybe it was even more so from, um, from people who were not parents or not parents yet or hadn't been new parents for a while. Um, their opinion, yeah, they just come out with that question of, so yeah, what are you going to do with your time off? And I found that really fascinating because no one ever questioned what Katie was going to be doing while she was on on leave. But for some reason, for some people, it seemed like I needed to have an extracurricular or an extra (laughs) non-caring project, side project that I was meant to be working on in order to validate taking that type of time. Or there was just this assumption that I have so much free time on my hands. Yeah. but you know, yeah, as as any mum who's gone through it uh, is obviously going to to tell you, and hopefully many many, if not all the listeners out there will know. Yeah, looking after a a young child, whether they're you know newborn or whether they're six months old, fourteen months old, whatever, it is a full time job, um, and that's certainly what I've found, and I absolutely loved every moment of it. Uh, but it is full time. It is relentless. It is never ending, and there is no time for side hobbies and, uh, yeah. um, and all of that, unless you're getting extra help as well, which um, which I wasn't. I was the, as the, the definition goes, I was the primary carer. Um, yeah, and and loved every moment spending it with my son. And did you? I know there's obviously mothers groups out there. Did you find that there was a network of fathers uh, also taking the extended parental leave? That's a funny one. Um, no, funnily enough, and maybe it was to do with um, where I where I was based, just you know, geographically. But maybe in my area, there were there were more mums out there. Um, I think there were also a few other things that kind of disrupted that time in terms of being able to get involved in 
a group. Um, so certainly to start with, um, my wife was involved in mother's group as it came closer to my turn. Um, you know, there was the invitation to, you know, for me to, to join them as well. Um, but then the way we did it was my wife's actually from the States. So we went to America for a couple of months. Um, so we could spend time with her side of the family, introduce Samuel to, you know, to the grandparents and extended family. So we had a bit of time away, which um, probably actually was at a, a time when the mothers group were beginning to become more and more independent and um, and starting to disband a little bit. So by the time we got back from that uh, three months away, it was, um, yeah, it, I, I'm not sure how frequently they were meeting and I, I certainly didn't get, ever you know, get along or have that renewed invite so we even knew where to go or what they were doing. Yeah. Um, when I, I did go down to the, the local playgrounds and things, it was almost always just mums with their mother's groups or with their grandparents. And the, you know, if there was another male in the playground, it was, it was typically, typically a granddad. Um, it was rare that there was another dad. And when there, there was actually one, it was almost as if we were so used to being independent or being in a group surrounded by mums only and almost kind of had that stigma of trying to show that we were capable, not needing help, um, spending the whole time focused on our kids. Oh, I, I don't know if, if that was, but um, you know, whatever was going through, I, I thought there would be more of a connection and an instant, Hey, there's another dad, there's another, another male, let's chat. But we almost um, kind of kept to ourselves. It might be a slight nod. And that was as far as it went, which oh, was, wow. um, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be the experience, you know, or it, everywhere. Um, and it won't be the experience for all dads, but that was certainly, it happened, you know, on multiple occasions where, yeah, I was just expecting something more. Um, but, but there wasn't, um, the other part that I think was also a barrier for us as well was that when we did return to work, um, being in consulting, my wife was actually working, um, having to travel with work as well. And so, you know, we'd be home for a week or two and then I'd try and join her where, where we could when she was traveling, um, traveling from Sydney to Melbourne, Sydney to Canberra. She had a work trip in Singapore. So we you know, packed up and went to Singapore for the week. Um, so yeah, in that first little while, my son actually did a fair bit of travel and that broke that regular rhythm as well in terms of just the chance to get out and um, yeah. you know, speak, uh, you know, join other groups and things because I just you know, couldn't promise to be there the following week. Oh, it sounds like you, your son's then experienced some ex enjoyable travel though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, he loves flying to the point where now he, every time he sees you know, the Qantas signal, the, the, the emblem, the Rue, he'll, he'll get so excited and they're called Rue plane, Rue plane and yeah, he, he loses it. It's hilarious. Oh, what a great experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so according to research, um, mm. so this is research from Bain and Company and also Chief Executive Women, it said that men are twice as more likely than women to have their request for workplace flexibility um, rejected. What's been your experience like? I'm in the good part of that statistic. Um, my workplace has been incredibly accepting. And for us, it's um, it's a case of it, there's not just a policy involved. It's also demonstrated, actively supported by by leadership and um, embedded in the culture, which is I think really what you need in any organisation to you know properly embed and support 
equality for mums and dads and you know um, all workers alike when it comes to flexible working um, yeah. so i've i've had a, a really positive experience with it um, but i've heard plenty of stories of even down to asking for parental leave um, being likened to fight club where um, you know, the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Uh, yeah. There was one story that I, I heard where, um, uh, sadly, the uh, this is for a very well-established organisation. I, I shouldn't name, name names or name and shame, but um, yeah, the organisation had uh, a parental leave policy for dads, um, a very good one. It was you know, 14 weeks leave or something like that. And when this particular dad asked for um, parental leave, basically HR said, "Look, you can take it." but don't talk about it to anyone. You're not to mention, you know, when you're going on leave, where you're going or what you're doing. Um, and so suddenly he just vanished from the workforce and several months later came back in and he wasn't able to say where he'd been or what was going on. Um, and basically everyone thought he had a mental health issue when we're, you know, treading on edge, uh, treading on eggshells around him because they didn't know um, how to interact with him because he, he couldn't talk about where he'd been. It's like, no, no, I've actually just, well, we're wanting to say I've just had a kid. This has been the most incredible experience of my life. And <laughs> um, yeah, sadly wasn't able to, you know, it just meant for a really awkward, um, you know, transition in and out of the workplace. So that sort of stuff, unfortunately, like that statistic um, suggests, is either um, reinforcing that not enough workplaces have the right policies and for even those that do often don't have um, the, the culture supportive of um, you know, dads actually taking that leave. For me, um, I was, it was, yeah, as I said, the complete opposite where even when I was interviewed, um, my, my then boss, um, I've, I've moved offices now, we, we moved from Sydney to Canberra, but when I was employed in Sydney, um, my, in the interview without even raising it, without asking any, any questions about parental leave, my boss actually voluntarily, um, uh, sorry, volunteered the information of, oh yeah, we have fantastic parental leave policies. I've taken it twice, um, you know, started you know, giving me a rundown of what the policy was about and how wonderful it was. And so when I actually came around to saying, hey, look, we're, we're pregnant, um, you know, he was hugely supportive and his response was, so you are going to take parental leave, right? You know, it was expected, and he was wanting me to, um, you know, hopefully take him, uh, you know, take up the the options and the policies there to, to take that leave. Um, and when it's come around to flexible working as well, I now work uh, four days a week. I've tried lots of different types of flexible working, and the biggest thing I've found that um, as you know, my kids grow, my needs for the type of flexible working needs to be flexible. It needs to change every couple of months depending on their growth and development and what they're needing so there's been times where i've you know just said to my project team hey i, I need to start early and finish early so i can be home for the you know uh, dinner bath and bedtime routine and we've made that work um there's other times where it's just been more a case of you know i have to travel to the other side of town back in sydney which can be you know, an hour and a half commute and multiple forms of public transport um, hour and a half on a good day yeah exactly and then you know um from the northern beaches it was you know a bus to the ferry a ferry to the city and then a train out to Parramatta on one occasion um or you know for a couple of months and so on on that particular job I said look can I just work from the central office as much as possible yes I'll be out there for meetings if need be but you know do I need to be there between the, the standard nine till five and so I just had a much more flexible as long as I was doing the hours and completing what I needed to do 
you know, I'd, I'd get up early in the morning, do a few hours while things were quiet. You know, then I'd help out with, um, you know, the start of the day. Then I'd, I'd commute in with a shorter commute because I'd leave after nine, nine thirty, and you know, could actually you know cut some commute time. And then I'd still be working, you know, into the, the late evening to make sure there was you know a full day, but it was broken up as needed. Um, so yeah, and then there's lots of ad hoc options as well, so I can be around for you know if my child's sick. Um, you know, so I can work from home uh, if and as needed. Lots of those sorts of options just to make it work. And yeah, my workplace has been hugely supportive. It's just been around making sure that I communicate my needs with them and then also be, um, what, what the way I like to do it is to try and over communicate with my team so that um, whatever, whatever type of flexible working I'm using, they always know where things are up to or know when I'll be, be checking in next um, so that we can still operate functionally as a team. So communication has just been you know, a, a real key in making that work. That sounds fantastic. And, um, and that's so good that your employer has been able to, you know, you've got the parental leave, but also then that flexibility and it's not just mm. expected, you know, your wife Katie of taking the, the sick day, um, but it's also expected, you know, of you. And, and it's also that it's not just you've got the option of parental leave, um, but it's, you know, it's good that it's embedded in the organisation, uh, mm. that it is, um, you know, that you can take it. And then it says that example that you've got that they couldn't take it. Um, I know my husband, when he tried to even take the two weeks paternity leave, um, had issues with his employer um, oh, and it wow. was very much shied upon. Um, and that was yeah. even just the two weeks and he was adamant, no, yeah. I'm going to have three weeks. And he had three weeks and he didn't, he would love longer, but he's just workplace yeah. didn't allow it. Yeah. Um, sadly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's too many examples out there like that. And again, it, it really comes back to, uh, I think the biggest drivers behind that around, um, policy, um, leadership, uh, and even for leaders, it can be, you know, especially for, for male leaders, can be a case of being from a different era well you know them thinking i didn't get that type of leave so why should you um yeah or, or just that uh, that old school thinking of so you know you're a bloke you can't look after a kid what what are you what are you going to do with that time off it's, it's going to be a holiday isn't it? no i won't allow that um or even just broader societies not just for the bosses but you know that societal cultural view there with it it's almost um still somewhat unheard of or certainly unexpected for dads to actually be taking up uh, this, this carer role that's all kind of working against dads. Um, yeah, being able to take that leave, unfortunately. Yeah. And so you talk about society's images um, and perceptions mm. as well of fathers taking leave and, and how that we need to start changing that perception. What advice do you have for other, other fathers um, and everyone that's listening that want to take the leave but they're un, maybe unsure of it they've workplaces uh, may have policies or there's or even stereotypes and perception from others what what advice um not only from your personal experience but also some even some of the work that you do that you've got for others um that are wanting to go down this path hmm. um again <laughs> there's so much behind that question um i might even just start with the home um something I would really love to see within the home and, and out in society in general is just the changing of the narrative. Um, it's, it's not about the mums being the carers, but it's about parents. Um, 
whether it's in how we speak to each other, the advertising um, on baby products, it's, it's all channeling the mum. There seems to be just this, um, you know, perception or acceptance that dads aren't involved. And mm-hmm. first of all, I would just love that to change. Um, and that could even just come into play in, in even how mums relate to dads at times, um, especially if, if we haven't had that chance to be involved um, I've, I've seen a lot where you know mums start to take it on themselves and just some of their, their language and even um, you know I've experienced firsthand some of the, the comments around you know other other parents in the groups of you know oh look at the dad's trying to look after the kid or you know the, the derogatory comments of oh you know dad doesn't know how to dress the kid or dad doesn't need you know doesn't know how to do this or that and that can I think even just form that initial barrier of, of dads getting involved or there's just this real low bar of what's expected and accepted um yeah it's we can do the the most menial tasks as dads and get um all sorts of accolades from onlookers because we've fed our kid a bottle or um you know i had that a fair bit when i was on parental leave i'd be there at the park feeding my my son a bottle of milk and i'd have people coming up and saying oh you're such a wonderful dad and at first I kind of felt really good of, yeah, I'm a wonderful dad. And then I kind of stopped and thought, hang on, my wife never had comments like that. And she, you know, she did this full time as well. Yeah. Um, or they, they'd stop me at the shops and go, oh, on a Friday, how wonderful it is if you're taking the day off to be with your son. Like, no, I'm not taking the day off. I'm taking seven months to do this. Yeah, or um, the comment, you're that, babysitting your son. Yeah, it, that sort of language um, can exclude dads from the outset or... Um, it certainly sets up this societal expectation that even when I went to take parental leave, I still kind of went through that dilemma of, hang on, am I actually doing the right thing? Am I, as much as I wanted to, there was that thought of, but, you know, what's, and societally, what, you know, from the, the views of society, am I, am I doing the right thing? What, what are people, how are people going to react to me when I am actually out caring for my child? And, you know, if, if society doesn't think that I should be doing this, then, you know, should I be doing it? I kind of had to go through that mental hurdle myself. Um, so I'd love to see just the, the general language change to be, you know, in, more inclusive of, of dads or even just, you know, about parents. Hey, this is this is about parenting together regardless as to whether you're a mum or a dad. Yeah, team um, approach. Yeah. In terms of, um, you know, within the workplace, I mean, we really need better parental leave policies as a standard. Um to actually be inclusive of dads. And I know this is a, it's a real tough one, especially when, um, you know, we're talking about smaller business or you know, small to medium enterprises. Um, it's, it's a tough one. Um, and not all firms are, you know, all, you know, small businesses can, you know, afford to, to offer equal parental leave or some that don't even offer, you know, parental leave for months. So um, I think we, we need to tackle the different, uh, the, tackle from a different perspective it's not a one-size-fits-all that parental leave is the answer um, certainly I think flexible working is a good way there but we need to think around hey if we're employing parents and there's a heck of a lot of us out there um, how can we actually help parents be parents and workers at the same same time because there's plenty of research out there that if if um, you know if people uh, sorry if organizations can actually be supportive of flexible working supportive of you know the needs outside of work and establish that work-life balance then um, you know they can actually be we can be more effective in the workplace as well even more research at the moment around the four-day week um, is you know 
um, research saying that um, organizations that have adopted a four-day week are finding that the efficiency in those four days is actually exceeding what the same workers are doing on a five-day week. So, you know, I think we need to just rethink um, how we go about doing our work. And there's there's plenty of research out there on the, work, the workforce of the future and what that could look like if we start you know, looking ahead to that. We could actually really shift things you know, in a in a better way for our workers in generally, but especially for our parents. And it's not um, just about, and, yeah, it's like it's not just about the outputs of, right, you've worked your 40-hour week, you're going to get X outputs because, um, you know, people are sometimes basing it on hours as opposed to you could do the mm-hmm. same amount of work potentially in three days. Absolutely. That's something that I've found going to a four-day week is I often feel like um, like the my effort hasn't changed um, and I'm actually now a lot more focused in those four days. So I'm a lot, um, lot more focused on what I'm doing. I'm a lot more driven to be out the door on time, which means I'm trying to work smarter at times as well as harder <laughs> yeah. um, so that I can yeah, get things out because, hey, if, if my son needs to be picked up from daycare, I'm getting hit in the hip pocket, you know, if I'm yes. not there right on time, if not before, there's a lot more incentive and sometimes there's no other option. I have to be there. And so, you know, I, I, I say no to a lot more things that, that wasted my time previously. Um, you know, I won't go to the, the optional meetings or I'll find other ways to get that information. And I think I'm a lot more effective in how I work. Um, yeah. So that's, that's definitely a, a big part of it. I think also for organisations too, stepping more from like the employer's perspective, um, and I've, I've tried to do a, you know, I've, I've done a fair bit of research into this as well. There's plenty of benefits um, for employers by actually having uh, more flexible working policies and, you know, using parental leave, especially when we're looking at the, um, the ever increasing proportion of millennials in our workforce. Um, millennials want workplaces that are flexible. Um, they want places, uh, workplaces that do actually offer parental leave, and it's actually starting to become currency in that war for talent. Um, yeah. If war is the appropriate <laughs> word to <laughs> use there, but you know that, bat- that battle for top talent, um, it is actually a, a key thing that um, you know, millennials and you know, even actually the millennial age bracket is is increasing they're not so young these days either um you know where we're looking i think i actually just scrape in depending on the definition might be a millennial might not be on that border but um yeah the, the millennials are looking for places that offer work and life balance it's it's not just about um yeah the the stellar career climbing the ladder it's all about making it work and they have other priorities if organizations don't offer that those types of policies they're looking elsewhere um it also builds into there's plenty of research around um retention of employees um for for mums and dads alike that uh, by offering parental leave and supporting that longer term view of, of a worker's career through those early stages and starting of, of starting a family, they're actually essentially building a lot of goodwill and retaining staff for longer. And if you just look at it from a, a cost benefit analysis from that perspective, um, the cost of losing um, a well-established employee is going to well outweigh the cost of providing parent, uh, parental leave of you know 14 weeks or 18 weeks. Um, so yeah, even just that that time to the cost of rehiring, sorting new talent, onboarding them, and getting them up to being efficient as that yeah that parent might have been, um, you know, before leaving the workforce is going to be a lot more than um, 
yeah, actually offering that that parental leave. So yeah. there's there's lots of ways to look at it, and I guess you know back to the question of what would I support um, parents in doing? Well, do the research um, when approaching your your employer. Um, know what the policies actually say and what your rights are. There's internal, so there'll be internal policies. There might be um, uh, different types of employer agreements if if you're in a a role that has um, you know, union involvement and uh, workplace agreements like that. Um, they might have um, you know different clauses built in around parental leave for dads. Um, also look at the the government paid parental leave whether you're eligible for that. Um, it is more limited for dads in terms of the longer term types of parental leave. Um, but then there's also just, okay, if, if those avenues aren't available, well, what avenues do you have? Is it around flexible working? Is it planning ahead, storing up annual leave, purchasing annual leave, taking unpaid leave? Um, and while that might not be financially viable if, you know, for everyone, there's options is what I'm getting at. There's look at all the different types of options available and then approach your employer and say, hey, look, this is something that's really important for me. This is something I'd really like to do. And even if there is not a policy, just say, look, here's, here's the different options available and try and approach it by understanding where they are coming from. Um, plan ahead what their, their moves might be or their reject, um, you know, rebuttals or objections might actually be. And so you can try and plan ahead to, okay, well, if you're gonna say no to this, well, what about that? Um, actually, on my website, I've even got a, a number of, of points around how to approach your, your boss to, to have that conversation um, to try and get to the most um, you know, beneficial outcome. Um, it's all about trying to find, I think, trying to find that win-win that scenario um, and, and making it work whatever way. It might even be being creative around, okay, if I can't be out of the workforce full-time, can I reduce to three days a week and take... Um, whether it's annual leave or parental leave flexibly. So I'm still working a few days a week and then having a bit more time off. You know, there's, there's lots of ways that, you know, we can approach this. Um, yeah. That, that type of um, those options. Oh, I think that's fantastic. And what we'll do is I'll include a link to your website and the show notes. Uh, so if you are looking for uh Blake's website um, um, so we can provide that for you but that's some great uh, suggestions so it's really not a one-size-fits-all uh, approach either but there's so many options and, and I guess this really comes back to as well and this seems to be consistent across no matter what topic communication uh, and knowing what your rights are and having that overall view as well but definitely communication uh, is certainly integral into having those discussions, not only with your employer, but also with your partner on, on what you're wanting to do and the approach that you're wanting to take. Uh, and I know from a personal experience, a, a good friend of mine, her husband took three months parental leave and the amount of goodwill that they now have with his organization, the psychological yeah. contract they have is huge because yes. of the, uh, the advantage that he got out of it. Um, he was a, he's a great father and his involvement has been very a similar experience to what you've had as well. Um, and uh, so he's, and both his wife speaks so, um, so highly of his employer. So it's not just about, um, it's the family engagement with also the employer and how, what they see and their perception of that employer is like, not just yeah. looking at things from a monetary perspective as well. Yep, absolutely. And one part in all of that that I, I still haven't mentioned yet is the conversation with your partner. 
um, that's the the biggest thing of all um, to to get right and to to plan together. And one thing which um, my wife and I found was that it was funny, um, like reflecting back to when I first met her nearly 10 years ago, I think it was on our first or second date, she actually asked me, where do you want to be in five years' time? And at that stage, um, you know, I'd spent a long time at uni. I'd been there you know, doing a couple of degrees and honours and was there for, for way too long. So I was there for about eight years. I started the workforce a little bit later and always felt like I was on catch-up. Perhaps, you know, I needed to be competing with the the 21 year olds or 23 year olds straight out of uni. Um, and, you know, my career was always on the back foot. So when she asked me, where do I want to be in, in five years time? I was, you know, I want to be at this particular level. I want to have overseas experience. I want to be, you know, I don't know whether I said it, but I probably had in mind, I want to be earning this amount of money, that sort of stuff. And it was all kind of primed also around, hey, yeah, in the future, I want to be a dad. And of course, you know, I need to be the primary owner. I need to be supporting my wife um, so that she can have that time off because that's what my mum did. And that was just in my mind. Um, uh, and it was, you know, what was, was modelled uh, to me and, um, you know, that was just normal for me. And it wasn't actually until when we actually got married or just before we got married, we did like a pre-marriage course where we were asked a number of different questions to identify where we were like-minded and where we differed. So we could broach the conversation early and you know start to um, you know have those conversations before we even tie the knot. And one of them was around kids. Um, and yeah, I I just assumed that that Katie would be taking the time off, um, and I would need to be that that primary income earner. Um, as it turns out, when we actually got to the stage of having kids, no, she didn't want to have that time off. And even back then, she was like, no, actually, I really love my career. I don't know whether I will just step out of the workforce. Um, so that conversation had to start with us before we even explored the options of parental leave of what do we actually want as a family. Uh, as a family. Um, so what, what we have done is tried, well, we, we try and be very values driven in even just how we you know, uh, maintain our relationship um, and, you know, continue to evolve with our uh, relationship. It's always, we keep checking in every, might be a couple of months or you know, at least a couple of times a year of, um, you know, so so where are we up to? What are our core values? Are we making decisions that are based on those values? Um, and for us coming to, to parents, we had that conversation again once Samuel was born and once we started realizing what it meant to be a parent and it was a case of well you know both of us really want to be involved we really want to have that that connection with our kids and to be actively involved in their lives we want to be able to sit down at the dinner table together each night and have dinner which we found living in Sydney was actually a, a really difficult thing um, we also very much value our careers and want those to continue. And we want to try and juggle both being active parents and having active fulfilling careers as much as we can. Um, and that's something that we then needed to decide together in terms of, well, hang on, if I'm approaching this conversation about parental leave, uh, purely about the impact on my career, then I'm not looking at it from the family impact. So, you know, part of me kind of thought, Hang on, I'm still chasing these new promotions. I'm, I'm, I need to be the primary earner. And they kind of got to the stage of, no, hang on, do I need to be? Uh, Katie's already more senior. Um, and let's actually look at our, uh, our career paths together and figure out how we can both support each other 
um, collectively and what's, what's going to be the better balance for our family. And that instantly flipped the conversation to be less about me and my career and more about us together. And I've even heard um, plenty of you know, other stories as well. And, um, and there's this research out there again um, around dads actually making financially um, poor decisions about saying, no, no, I need to stay in the workforce instead of taking parental leave when it would actually be better financially for the family if they did actually share the load, you know, like we did by, by helping uh, the mum get get back into the workforce uh, sooner um, by taking that that parental leave. But it's all around every family is going to be different. Um, so having that conversation together around what do you want to be as parents? What what do you want and need together as a family? What do you want um, together for your careers? And how do you best best both support each other together? Forgetting all, all about societal norms and expectations and making that choice of what's right for you and your family. I think it's a great approach is what you said um, and you've made the point earlier on about it's not just about you or your wife, um, but you're actually looking at your relationship, the way you're parenting as a team um, and mm. actually looking at it as a unity um, together, not just, right, this is my career and, you know, as you thought, you know, that preconception idea before you got married of right, right, I'm going to be the male, I'm going to be the primary <laughs> breadwinner. Um, so your, your wife, um, you mentioned, got a uh, promotion um, after she shortly went back and became partner. By That's you right. taking um, parental leave, has that hurt your career at all? That's, yeah, um, great question. Um, I would say it's slowed my next promotion a little bit, yep. which I've actually now recently received um, only a couple of months ago. So I think it, it definitely slowed that a little bit. Um, but can I also say that, fair enough, you know, I, I took seven months off. I took nine months during my son's first 14 months of, um, of life. And during that time, okay, I was, I was nearing promotion, but not quite there yet. And my colleagues who were, you know, vying for, you know, that, that same promotion as well, who stayed in the workforce, suddenly had nine months of extra experience that I didn't have. Um, and so I did see some of those progress ahead of me, but fair enough. If I went traveling for seven months or nine months, um, I wouldn't have that expectation that I would be promoted straight away upon coming back either. So, yeah, look, um, my, my career slowed a little bit but it certainly didn't come to a grinding halt and it, it wasn't long, um, you know, and then also we changed offices in there as well. So a couple of things that kind of impacted that next promotion, but it wasn't all that long um, before I did have enough runs on the board and I was the next in line where, where I was actually able to receive that too. So short answer is yes, but long answer is but fair enough. And there's you know, a bit more to it than that. But overall, again, when we've looked at it, the impacts by by me having that slightly slowed run to promotion and my my wife's one was probably delayed potentially by around about 12 months because she had that you know 12 well 10 months 11 months off as well so you know she missed the cycle for her promote uh, promotion while she was on leave but when she came back um, into the workforce was part of the next round and thankfully yeah was able to hit the ground running um by me being off work and was able to, to make that promotion the next time around. So for both of us, there's only a, a small slowing of, of that career progression. And now it's been able to accelerate 
um, again. And probably I'd also say continuing to accelerate in a way that it might not have if we didn't both share the parental leave. And I say that because now we continue to share the caring duties and how we work together with the, the constant, um, you know, the, the constant caring duties, extra, you know, the, the work inside the home, the work looking after our kids, we share it all the time. So it actually means that the time we had on parental leave meant that we're both now equipped and skilled to look after our kids without needing the other person around. So my wife, if she needs to travel, she can travel and I can be at home and look after the kids. Um, vice versa, if I need to travel or work back late at the office, um, as long as we're communicating, we, we're equipped, equipped to be able to do that. Whereas if I, had, um, if I had not taken that parental leave and if my wife didn't see that I was you know, fully capable to do everything that she does as, a, as an active mum, she might be less inclined to take those opportunities, to take those, those work trips in a state or, or work back later. And that's, again, what often the story is around, you know, if the dad doesn't take the parental leave up front, um, their role in the home doesn't change either. And they continue to be the, you know, they act like the primary breadwinner, whether they are earning the most or not. And they don't um, get as involved in the home. And so the mum is ju juggling both the career and the, the caring duties of the kids and the, um, the domestic duties in the home. And that's where we really start to, when you look into what causes the, the gender wage gap, it's all those extra hours that the dads don't typically do that starts way back in just those forming the habits and behaviours around how you look after the kids. I think it's fantastic. Um, and it's certainly, a, it's a great mindful approach and also showing that uh, even though you've, you know, you might be seven months behind others, but really in the whole grand scheme of your, you know, the years that you work, it's a very small percentage um, of, mm. of that. And it's great to hear that that impact hasn't been um, huge. And I was also reading a statistic the other day saying if, of dads supporting the like, sort of husband supporting the wives um, or partners back into the workforce, the more that they are involved in that, the more that their wife is, and also her career is going to accelerate. Um, or yeah, the going to accelerate, a, which is also supportive. Is exactly a, what you've just been saying. Absolutely, I've got a stat on my website of um, that for every month the father stays on parental leave, the mum's wage actually increases by six point seven percent which for me, when I found that, it was astounding. Now, a lot of the research out there, it's still growing and evolving. There's been other um, research in the States as well that suggested um, that for dads, that when they become a dad, their salary and opportunities for promotion actually start to increase as well because suddenly in the workplace, they're seen as um, you know, being more serious and um, able to take on more responsibilities that they're taking on more responsibility outside of the workplace. And there's, they're seen as a, a more serious contender inside the workplace. So there's some of those funny anomalies that, that, um, that come into play as well. But the big one definitely I, I see is just the, the bridging of that gender pay gap by dads helping their partners keep their career on, on track by helping them re-enter the workforce more easily and potentially sooner than what they may have done otherwise. Oh, this is fantastic. And I think Blake, we could, um, we could talk about all this so much. Um, and, uh, I know that everyone's got busy lives and, um, and that, um, and I actually did go out to the working mama community, uh, and ask them a number of questions, um, 
but I think you've actually all, I think you've covered most of them anyway, but I've got, so I've got two final questions for you. Um, the one is yeah, actually sure. from the community that we haven't actually covered is, did your male friendships change um, as a result of taking extended parental leave? Um, and was it difficult for them to relate to what you were doing? Yeah, so whether it was related to me taking parental leave, I'm not sure. Um, becoming a dad just simply reshapes things instantly because um, if you're friends with a lot of other guys that are not dads yet, it becomes, so it takes becoming a dad to realise what it actually involves and you start saying no to lots and lots of things. You simply can't stay out late on a Friday night and watch a ball game or, um, you know, go out for drinks after work like you did previously, um, especially if you're, you know, setting up the home to be juggling things you know, equally or as close to it with your, you know, with your partner or spouse like you know, Katie and I have done. Um, we have tried to set it up so that we share what we do in terms of um, giving each other that relief time um, to, you know, to go out, hang out with friends or, or go to that after work event, whatever it is, we try and um, split it equally um, so that we, uh, not judges have one person constantly saying no. Um, and that's something which I think is good for our relationship. That's that, that time where we can invest in the other person by giving them that, that, that night off or that, that day out or whatever it is. And that's something that we've found you know, quite healthy for us, um, which means that yeah, there's a lot less FaceTime, with the blokes doing the things that we used to do. Um, but also I've been fortunate that a lot of my um, you know, really close friends have become dads at a similar time. Um, so we're all going through the same thing anyway. And so that's just instantly reshaped how we hang out together and, and what we do. Um, and we're probably just a lot more targeted on um, the quality time. They're fewer, but they're, they're more quality than, than you know, what they used to be before, I think. Um, but even down to, yeah, I think, maybe how how I'm perceived now there, there's just you know I might get invited to less things um that, that definitely is the case um but it's just you know it just means for me I need to be aware of that and um you know there's there's more of an onus for me to um you know to to reach out and and keep you know investing in those those friendships uh to try and keep them alive is that a decent answer to the question? <laughs> I think it does. And everyone, everyone has a different way of um, interpreting it, but it was definitely one from yeah. um, the community about, um, and obviously uh, how things have changed from there. And I'd like and, to finish look, up. I'd, I might, sorry, I might just add a, another layer to that as well. I, I think part of it is also going back to that personal choice of what I, starting with what I want my relationship with my wife to be first and foremost. Mm. Um, and I've, I've certainly uh, even, um, you know, seen other dads or lived around them when, you know, lived in apartment blocks and you just see by observing and, and hearing um, of, you know, other dads who try and approach being a dad as if it's not going to change anything. Um, that, you know, I've really sadly even um, heard a story in, um, you know, through my wife, through her connections where there was a mum who when their partner, when they became parents, their partner, um, loved the PlayStation way too much uh, and was just, you know, constantly coming home and, and getting back onto the gaming like he always did before or whatever it was and just wouldn't lift a finger. And then, you know, when 
you know, the, the mum going through that, that real um, difficult period, six or so months in, kind of went, hey, look, can you help me out here? I'm really struggling. Copped the answer of, I, I thought you were a stronger person. Um, I thought oh. you were going to be able to do all that, which, you know, I, I want to deck the guy. Like that, that for me is just so selfish and, um, you know, I've seen other other dads who they're, they're, they're just, you know, always out with the boys um, Friday nights, you know, coming home at, at 2 a.m. To, to watch the footy, uh, you know, in the, watching the NFL in the States. It's only on at, you know, whatever hours of the nights, that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, coming home and just not being there for, for their partner, for their kids. Um, that's not who I want to be. That's not the relationship I want to have with my wife. Um, and it's not the sort of dad I want to be to just pretend that, you know, life goes on. I, I actually want to be an involved dad. So that, you know, I guess going back to that values driven perspective um, by determining, Hey, this is the sort of dad I want to be. That's, that is, I think the biggest driver behind how my friendships have changed that, um, you know, my wife comes first, my kids come second, and then my friendships are still very valuable, but they need to come in that pecking order after that. And we'll find different ways to, to make sure that we, um, you know, still have a really good friendship and, and that continues. Oh, that's fantastic. I think that's great advice as well to, uh, to all everyone that's listening and all the dads um, particularly as well. Um, it's great to, to hear that message that's out there. Uh, my final question I've got for you. So you're definitely very busy. Um, is how do you fill your cup? What's your self care to give uh, like some time for himself? Um, that is an ongoing challenge. I'll be completely honest. Um, yeah, for me, during the winter time, my outlet is soccer. I've always loved soccer. Um, and so, you know, chatting with, with my wife, uh, you know, we've, we figured out ways that I can, I can still play. Um, I'm now not having to, you know, I'm not playing at an as serious level, so I don't have to go to multiple trainings a week, but it can be just, you know, that, that one, one time out a week for a couple of hours to, to get the physical exercise um, and to have that run around and just have that, that release and it's something I've been doing since I was a kid. So it's, it's been awesome to still hold on to that, that real passion. Um, the summer times is a lot more difficult and even down to, you know, even this, this winter, it was a real challenge when, um, you know, Michaela was born partway through the season and, you know, um, even just down to once she was born, without getting a lot of sleep to then turn around and play, you know, soccer in an evening in the freezing cold. There was often times where I just didn't have any more energy and I was really yeah. struggling just to play. So yep. <laughs> I won't say I was the most effective player, but that was, that was my outlet. Um, even at the moment. Um, so the, you know, the season's ended and we're going through that four month regression where, you know, Michaela's not sleeping as soundly as she was only a month ago. And you know, even this week, I don't think I've had more than two or three hours sleep continuous at yeah, any day of the week. And oh, same with my wife. We're, we're both trying to tag team to support each other through, you know, this, this bit of a rough time. Um, so it's just around, you know, trying to be creative um, and particularly finding that time where I can say, all right, I'll take hold of the kids now for this little bit. And, and Katie, you get out and, and go for a coffee or go for a drive. Or she loves going to Bunnings. Just go to Bunnings. And, yeah. You know, um, just <laughs> get out. And she, her mind just gets incredibly creative about all the possible things she can do when she browses Bunnings. Oh, typical so she Bunnings. It. You go into Bunnings for one thing, you walk out with five other things you didn't even realise you needed. 
she she doesn't need that one thing. She just goes there for inspiration and, you know, just finds it really, you know, um, she gets into a, a real creative zone when she's there and, and finds that as a real good outlet. Um, and then there's times for me when I'm working the Monday to Thursday um, and then have, you know, time with the kids somewhere across the weekend, I'll still need that time out. So she'll, you know, look to see, you know, if I can get out or if, if we haven't, um, you know, even just for dates, we were given some awesome advice of even with kids try and, and lock in like a, a weekly date. Um, sadly, that doesn't, you know, they can't be going out these days for us. Um, so yeah. sometimes it's even just, just having the in-house date, you know, even if it's just a much shorter, you know, if you can only spare a 20 minutes Netflix episode, but treat it as something special, um, you know, with your partner. So, you know, just to have that, that bonding time, um, yeah, that's that's been an important one. Or even just as they come up, you know, last weekend my, my wife was was really generous. Um, there was a, um, a one of my really close mates back in Sydney um, organised a, a golfing day um, yeah, back in Sydney, and I was able to get back along to that. And then Kate just went, "Yeah, look, this is this is special. It's one of those one-offs. Um, I'll take the kids for the weekend, and you know, go away for the weekend. Um, so you know, it's meant for um, some other challenges because it was, you know, I didn't get home till, you know, after midnight on Sunday and so I was on the back foot for the rest of the week. But, you know, just in having that time back with my mates again, that was, you know, a really important thing to do. So it's, it's at the moment, there's no set thing, but it's, it's be creative and try and keep doing something, even if it's not, you know, not a regular sporting team or something like that. Something's better than nothing, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you that, you know, those little things to even look forward to as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, and just work out what's what's best to keep you both going. It's not just about you, but it's about, you know, um, if if I have that, um, you know, that opportunity to do something, then, okay, now let's figure out what I can do for Katie as well so that she can get that too and yes, we're in it together. Oh, that's fantastic. It's, uh, I have to say, it's very inspirational hearing about um, your relationship and, and your approach to parenting uh, between yourself and Katie. Um, I think it's, I think it's great and uh Look, from what I've heard today, I think it's it's definitely, uh, I know that I've learned a lot and got a lot of takeaways. Um, so, look, thank you so much, Blake, for, for your time you're and also welcome. the work that the advocacy you're doing uh, for, for dads to work flexibly, take their parental leave. Um, and I think it's the stories that you've got and the experiences, um, which hopefully... At the moment, they're in the minority, but hopefully over time and when our children are, are you know, and our sons um, and when it yeah. comes into their, the opportunity for them to take parental leave, hopefully it's the norm. Um, thanks to people like yourself for fighting the good fight um, to promote and, and to normalise um, the work that, um, you know, parental leave and um, and the role that dads play in parenting. So I have to say a massive thank you for, for your time today. Most welcome. Uh, so and, yeah, I mean that's that's my biggest goal. That once once Samuel's in my shoes, I would love for it to not even be a, a question. It's not even a even the, um, taking parental leave. My hope is that it won't it won't even be an issue. No stigma. It'll just be a, yeah, of course I am, and it's just the accepted norm. So yeah. let's, let's hope we get there. Fingers crossed. Well, I, I want that exact mm. same thing as well. So um, just finally, where can people connect you um, with you and also with uh, Suit Tie Stroller? Yeah, so everything's basically suit tie stroller, one word. Um, uh, so yeah, there's the 
the website, www.sutastroller.com. Um, on there, there's, there's also links to my different um, social media platforms. Um, my email address is uh, suitastroller at gmail.com. Um, so please, if you've had any any questions um, or if you want to connect you know, outside of this um, you know, podcast as well, please shoot me a line on um, yeah through the, the email. I'm on Instagram as well. Again, you know, uh, Stroller, Twitter as well. So um, yeah, look on the website and there's there's all the different links on there. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much, Blake, for your time. And uh, I've really enjoyed the chat. And uh, I'm hopefully everyone that's listening, um, I hope you have got some takeaways. Um, and then also had, and look, as Blake said, it's really about a relationship not only have with your wife, uh, with your partner, with also your employer and definitely communication uh, is critical and key at the, at the heart of all that. Um, so again, thank you so much and uh, best of luck um, with the four months regression um, and also uh, with, with everything going forward. So again, thank you and best of luck. Thanks very much, Karina. It's been fantastic. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week. Music.